it's not difficult to uh, discern how the readings, including the psalm for today, how they coordinate or work with each other as they've been selected for our lectionary. Indeed, Jesus makes the point very clear, or at least St. Luke tells us so, uh, at the beginning of this passage we just heard from the Gospel of Luke, uh, Jesus taught a parable about persistence or being persevering in prayer. Certainly the imagery in uh, the first reading from the book of Exodus is quite um, fanciful in one sense. You know, the stories, um, many of the stories in the First Testament, uh, for example, in the book of Exodus, uh, they're trying to make points for, for us to contemplate and to consider uh, through rather dramatic presentations. Um, and so the story there also is one of persistence in prayer, even as it's quite fantastic, isn't it? I mean, as long as Moses holds his hands up, the Israelites are winning in their battle against the Amalekites, and when he drops his hands because he's tired, they, they're losing the battle. It's magical sounding, yes? Um, but the key thing about these stories is precisely the larger story of how God was faithful to those slaves, right? That's who the Israelites were. They were a deeply oppressed people who needed to escape the oppression that they were suffering in that ancient time of Egypt. He brought them from death. They were as good as dead, right? And the stories of, of, of the, the, Egypt, the uh, Israelites' plight in Egypt reinforced this right and left, right? The Pharaoh was even killing, killing their firstborn son. It's death, death. They're, they're trying to get out of there. And the story like this one, among many, and we just hear a little one today, um, is showing again how we have to, or the people of God, persist in prayer and even support one another, yes? Right? The story shows Moses accompanied by his sort of right-hand man and his left-hand man, pun intended, um, to, to help him hold his, his arms or his hands up. Jesus asks at the end of the parable he just gave us, but when the Son of Man comes, will he, will he find any faith on the earth? But when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on the earth? That's really the frame of the Word of God coming to us today. Because faith is about trust. The best synonym in English for our English word faith that translates the Hebrew and Greek words in the Bible is trust a constant trust. And we know that at times we have to renew our trust. We know at times we have to support each other. When we find a loved one, a friend, even a stranger lacking in trust, giving up, dropping their hands, dropping their arms. The Israelites had to do that. I mean, 
of all the material in the First Testament or the Old Testament, right, those are the stories that stick. Those are the ones we tell our children because they're dramatic, right? If anything sticks from those times and what we could tell for stories, we're not going to try to lecture on the book of the prophet Isaiah, right, to six-year-olds. But, you know, these are pretty cool stories, right? Pretty fantastic stories. But those stories, again, are about the long haul, 40 40 years for those as good as dead slaves to make it with God and for God to help them make it from a social and economic and political situation, their slavery and even a more ratcheted up slavery at every step, delivering them from that. And it wasn't a cakewalk, was it? I don't know if that metaphor works anymore, if kids would know what a cakewalk is. <laughs> but <laughs> this baby boomer does. We still had him in grammar school. Um, it wasn't a fun little game. It wasn't something with had very little consequence unless, like, I'm just dying to win this cake. It was something very grave. It was very difficult crossing that desert. And, and, and wandering and going off, you know, if you look at the map of where they did it, it's like, gosh, they went off course a lot, you know? That's the point of the stories. Did something ring in you in that? I know it does in me. Oh, they went off course a lot. Hmm. Or it was very hard to trust in the really, really hard going when we get to the, what we to the edge of the promised land and discover there are people already there and they're militarily armed and we're going to have to fight our way in. (sighs) Or it's hard to persist in prayer. Or, thank goodness, I had the opportunity to help a friend, a brother, a sister when they were flagging in their prayer. (coughs) When they couldn't keep their hands up anymore. Did I catch that opportunity? Isn't prayer like that? I mean, there's a real difficulty, isn't there? There's a difficulty about prayer, or how we understand prayer, or how we practice prayer, how people quiz each other about it, or maybe even in a rather antagonistic way, might say to us who are Christians, well, what's good is all this praying? Look at, and they can just start to list out the couple dozen war-torn parts of the globe right now or any kind of personal affliction. You know what I mean. But prayer is precisely about our journey and God's journey with us. Can this God be trusted? Well, when Jesus finally comes, he says, will he find faith on the earth? It's a genuine question he's asking. It's not a rhetorical question. And so he's following up on this parable that's a certain type he tended to tell. Yeah? It's one in which he knows people are struggling in their trust in God. That is to say, faith. Yes? And what he gives in this story, as he does in a couple of his parables, which are catchy, they're supposed, to, they're supposed to mix us up. They've got to get us thinking. Think about it, pray about it, share about it. He gives us a type. 
where he gives us some of the worst of the way people behave, and yet even those people and who have such bad habits, who do not live virtuous lives, like this judge, he's corrupt. He gives us that example of, look, if even a corrupt character like that will finally do what his, his duty is as a judge, because what was she asking for? Justice. She wasn't asking for, you know, again, let's not be childish in our lives. She went, oh, I wish I'd have this, and why didn't God hear my prayer, and I wanted to get that. This is serious stuff. She's asking for justice. Someone has brought something against her. She's a widow. She's at the bottom of the society. And by her persistence in prayer, this corrupt judge who doesn't give a hoot about her and may even be in cahoots with whoever is oppressing her, probably financially, he finally does the right thing. And Jesus' point is, even if people like that will do that at times, even if characters that lacking in virtue will, will finally do the right thing, think about God. What God? What God? Now wait a second, what God are we talking about? Because there's a danger there too. The God of our imagining the God who's supposed to do this or that for us, or the God who is distant, or the God who only likes to be our teddy bear, or the God... We're talking about the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the key point in our prayer. And how do we know this God? I'm stating the obvious, and thank God all of us are here by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit. We want to know this God. And he's revealed to us through this word of God. He's especially shown us through his son, Christ Jesus. So we're asking this God, whom Jesus taught us not so many weeks ago in Luke's gospel, that we shall and we can and we are empowered by the Spirit to address as our Father. Yes, yeah, right? So not a corrupt judge, and even though fathers can do well and do poorly, you know, and everything in between, but obviously the father he keeps revealing is this father who can be trusted, who loves us and that we can love. Can God be trusted? We persistently bring our needs to God. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, your will be done on earth as in heaven. And Jesus just left us with a question. When the Son of Man finally comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will, will we be ourselves faithfully, trustingly, persistently seeking the kingdom of God as Jesus taught and all other things shall be added or given to you? Finally, there is, of course, this... There's this danger. There's a problem. The danger for me as a homilist, a preacher, might be to keep this 
too abstract, I suppose. I hope I haven't. Or to dodge the difficult questions. Yeah, 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 that's all very good. But, and I don't mean to cause a crisis right now for anyone or to upset your emotions, but, and that's why I'm you know, trying to be careful, but we can think, can we not, of so many situations where our hearts are broken, yes? And our honest plea is, you know this, right? In our own experience or from others, how could God let dot, 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 yeah? I mean, if we look at the story that Jesus constructs today, this parable, it's a little fiction, right? It's a, although he draws from the world he sees around him, widows, there's no social security system in that culture or society. They're desperate. They rely completely on the charity of others. These aren't just fanciful stories. We might even look sometimes and say, well, how is it that there are so many people at the bottom of the heap begging at the intersection with a cardboard sign? What went so wrong? How could God let? And their faith, doesn't it, at least for me, I mean, I shouldn't, I'm not trying to be egotistical here, okay? I'm just trying to be empathetic. I mean, faith becomes, then, then, yeah, it's about trust. What is this bigger picture? Remember, the arc of these readings, as I said in my first sentence, is about perseverance, about persistence. The imagery of a 40-year trek, from deadly slavery and oppression in real time, in real history, in real societies, to get to the, a place of security and life. Persistence. How does that widow keep going on, even when someone's now doing grave injustice against her, and the judge doesn't even care? Because, like I'm filling in the blanks, he's probably in cahoots with the rich person anyway, or the rigged system. Our prayer is one of persistence, and our prayer is one in which, trust this, haha, <laughs> faith, that God wants to know if we accompany people in their struggles on the one-on-one, -on -one, the personal, sometimes our prayer with them is a silence or just crying with them. Other times it's a word of encouragement, holding, but in any event, holding their arms up. Yeah? Sometimes our prayer is persistence. We're mindful of the, the horror of war in the Ukraine, but I keep forgetting about that in Syria that Russian was, Russia was orchestrating three years ago, four years ago, causing a whole immigration crisis into Europe. How do we persist? Well, at least we know we're persisting because we're doing it with the Christ Jesus who keeps teaching us about prayer. He will again next week in the next gospel passage. Finally, what was the story last week? Jesus cleanses ten lepers and only one comes back to give thanks. A fundamental form of prayer that constantly transforms us is the most basic human gift of thanks. And Eucharist stain in Greek, the origins of Eucharist means to give thanks. And so that is the prayer and our response as we move from this word 
to have that word written on our bodies, receiving the gifts of this table.